everyone. Welcome to Church Family Movement, a Being Church podcast. This is our first podcast. We just wanted to come on and and talk about uh, who we are as a church, uh, who we are individually, and talk about uh, how we can encourage you in your faith walk, in your family, uh, in your church, and in your personal ministry ventures. And so my name is Bobby. Uh, my co-host here is Manet. Yes, my name is Munei Dennis, and uh, we are excited to be here. And before we start anything, can we uh, start with prayer? Uh, dear Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we come before you this evening, this afternoon. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to sit down together and talk about you and talk about the love that you have for us. So, Father, I pray for each and every person that's under the sound of my voice right now, that, Father God, will you help them to be receptive to what we're going to be talking about today. And, Father God, will you help the people to tune in and be edified. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Well, also, before we start, I uh, wanted to ask Manet if she'd be gracious enough to uh, build us up with a song in her native tongue. Yes, maybe I will sing this song uh, that everybody knows in English, but I'm going to sing it in, in Shona. Uh, and that's the song, Then Sings My Soul. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, Mari Baba Zandi no Fungi Zira. Panika ze se zama kasika. Don't wadu tu. Dino nanye rezi. Simbarako rarati twa kwese. Ndicha wangu. Muri mukuru. Muri mukuru, di chaimba ponesi she wangu. Muri mukuru, muri mukuru. Lovely, lovely. Yeah. Thank you, Mene. Thank you. So, uh, be honest with you guys. As as she's singing, um, I'm experiencing deja vu because Mene and I just recorded a about a thirty to forty minute podcast, <laughs> and then we went over to stop the recording, and it had already stopped at at sixteen minutes and twenty seconds. So, <laughs> as we go through this again, we're kind of. Uh, you know, recapping on what we've already done. I know if anyone's seen Groundhog Day, uh, I'm, re I'm reminded of that movie. But, yes. um, but so yeah, I'm gonna pray also before we start. Father, we, we give you this time, uh, Manet and I, and uh, those who are listening, those who choose to listen uh, to this podcast, they're giving their time um, to hear from us. And ultimately we want them to hear from you. So we want to speak your words. We want to speak what you desire for us to speak uh, through this microphone so that it edifies, so that it encourages, so that it, it, it directs in a way people to live according to your will. And so we praise you for the opportunity to, to have a mic, to have a platform of any kind. Um, and we pray that we are responsible and we, and we use it well. And so uh, we praise you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, Bobby, maybe we should talk about how we met. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, well, before uh, 
Monet and I met. I met Monet's, who I would say is your best friend, right? Yes, Julie. Uh, Julie, her name's Julie. So I was working at uh, a Christian bookstore, and it was here in St. Louis. And I had had written a book called Talk to Jesus, and I had a lot of different uh, bracelets and pens and, and different workings around this ministry called Talk to Jesus. And Julie had walked in, and she wrote her name on a clipboard that she wanted to, I guess, purchase my book when it when it became available. And I remember her standing by the the, the booth I had for quite some time, and I walked up and I said, uh, she said, I really like this. I really like it. And so I want to know, you know, what she likes about it. And so I said, well, what do you like about it? She said, it's just very thorough. It's very complete. And uh, that was really encouraging to me. And so I remember that. And Monet uh, had since told me that Julie had went home, uh, I guess that day, yes. and told. Yeah, so. and so Julie... So Julie's my best friend, and uh, at that time, I think I was, I was actually spending the weekend at her house, and she came home, because at that time, I was attempting to write a book myself, mm -hmm. and Julie was helping me. So she came home, she was so excited. She's like, I met this guy, and you know, he's got a book, and you know, the, the book about pr on, on prayer. Mm -hmm. And so we were discussing that, and um, she's like, well, I, I really want you to meet them, and I want them to hear your story, because I think, you know, they're going to be the influencers in you writing this book, and they can help you with what, you know, so the rest was history from that day. Mm -hmm. And so. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we're just getting a kick out of each other. Right. So anyway, um, so yeah, so I think that they she's talking about is, is my wife. And so uh, I had, this was, I guess, back maybe five years ago, I want to say, that I had met Julie. And fast forward maybe four years, yeah, four, three, four years, yeah. um, we kind of got in, in contact with one another again. And I think it was because of my book. I think uh, Julie had emailed me or something like that. So I had since gotten married. Um, I am married to uh, my wife, Lily. Uh, we have a son who is uh, almost two years old. His name is Micah. He's my pride and joy, absolutely. And uh, we have another son on the way who's due in October. Yes. And so that's a little bit about my family life. Um, so back to the story. Uh, Julie had then invited us over to her house, uh, Lily and me, to really to to introduce us to Monet and to hear a bit about her story because as you'll find out, you know, whether it be through this podcast or our future podcast, there's a lot of depth to Monet Dennis. Dennis? Yes. Monet Dennis. <laughs> and uh, so um, I'm going to let her share a little bit of what she shared with us uh, on that day. Yes. So like I said, um, I'm from Zimbabwe. That's why I have this accent. Uh, and Zimbabwe is on the southern part of Africa. And I've been here for the past 20 years. But before I came here, I always knew I was going to come to America because when I was a child, when I was young, I, have, I used to have dreams. And in these dreams, I was told about my life. I was told I was going to go to America and I was going to marry this white tall man. And um, as soon as I finished high school, I was going to go to America. So these dreams were reoccurring dreams, and I used to share them with my family and friends. And if any of my family or my friends are listening to this, you remember wh what I used to say. Um, and I remember when at the village, in our village, my grandmother would ask me to work in the fields. And I'm like, no, because I'm never going to work in a field. I'm going to be in America driving a car. <laughs> and my grandmother used to think that I was, that I was delusional. So anyways... Um, 
people would ask me, how are you even going to go to America? How, I mean, how are you going to find the means to go to America since you don't have the money or the resources? And I used to tell them God will provide because after reading the Bible, I saw how God provided for his children and for the people. So I was always sure that these dreams were going to come true because I strongly believed that they were, they were from God. And, um, Sure enough, after I finished high school, there was a program that just happened to come to Botswana where I was visiting my uncle. And you know, this program was actually paying for people to go to America. So when my uncle came home that night and told me about this program, I was so excited. I was like, yes, they came here for me, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> and sure enough, uh, they picked me as one of the candidates nice. to come to America. And they, they paid for uh, my accommodation. They paid for my ticket. And... Um, and a lot of things happened that uh, a lot of things transpired that showed that God was telling me the truth when he was showing me those dreams. And um, like I say, my life has been very uh, difficult. I've been I've faced tribulations and troubles, but I've always come up on top because of my faith in Jesus and because I talk to Jesus right mm -hmm. <laughs> through prayer, you know, through fasting, through reading his word. Um, so I came here and I did meet that tall white man mm -hmm. and had two beautiful boys, uh, Jaden and Jeremy, who are going to be 13 and 14 this year in October and, and September. Um, and uh, I lost my husband at the age of 30. And I've experienced many losses since then, but God has always been there with me through those uh, rough waters. Uh, so yeah, that's a little bit about myself. Mm -hmm. And so when we met Monet, um, we heard about her story and then we kind of shared, like I had that ministry talk to Jesus and we shared with Julie and Monet, because Julie also has a, a ministry. Uh, yes. What, uh, Mind, body, mind, and soul. Body, mind, and soul. Mm -hmm. Spirit, soul, and body. Yes. <laughs> She'll get upset with us. I know. <laughs> Heal thy life. Uh, yes. Shout out to Julie. Heal thy life. Uh, spirit, soul, and body. And so anyway, Julie has a, a ministry as well. So I just was there uh, with my wife to share a little bit about how we got started with Talk to Jesus and, and what we've learned, uh, the good and the bad. And we share that information with them. And mm -hmm. we just kept in contact. So we kept in contact over the course of the next year and a half or so. Mm. Um, and so uh, about kind of kind of switching gears here, but my wife and I, we moved from Fenton, Missouri to St. Louis. And uh, we just wanted to be in the city. We wanted to be around where perhaps there was was a lot of need that we could we could help people with. And uh, maybe about a month into being here, I had a dream that uh, God wanted me to to be the church in my home. Um, and what I took that as, he wants my wife and I to to practice being the church on Sunday mornings. Uh, is right when COVID hit, we were members of uh, Metro Christian Worship Center here in St. Louis. But uh, God, at that time, he wanted, wanted us to practice being the church. And he also gave me another dream around the same time uh, where he speaks to me in names, in a first name and a last name. And what I do when I wake up is I look up the the meaning of that name, first and last name. I put it together and then ask God for the interpretation. And this one particular name uh, meant grind your own grain. And then the last name was reddish brown. 
And Lily has a, I don't know if it's called a grain grinder, but she has a, a not a bread maker. We have to grind the grain and, and, and really make the bread. And so I said, okay, God's given me a, a dream to be the church in my home. And now he's telling me to grind my own grain. So we started making bread and we put that on the table Sunday morning and, uh, you know, have the, the mm-hmm. communion there together. And so, um, so we practiced that being the church for about three to four months. And again, like I said, I was in contact with Julie still. And we went and met Julie and Monet and another friend named Angie, talked to them about what we had going on, and they, they came on board. And yeah. so they joined with us. And, and that's kind of what has got Monet and he Monet and I sitting here together on this podcast is we are we are church. We are the church together. We are a local body. Um, we are family. And if you see the the title of our podcast, Church Family Movement, really that movement aspect is an entrepreneurial, um, what is your desire, what is your passion that you want to pursue in life um, for the cause of Christ? And this podcast is one of those. Uh, Manet's been talking for a while about doing a podcast, and I just think it's a good way to reach reach people. And so that's what we're what we're doing here together. Yes, yes. And that's the thing that got me... Um, so attracted to the movement of being church because when you were talking about your dream that because most people here like they don't believe that god still speaks through dreams Mm -hmm. so when i would share something about you know i had a dream about these people would look at me like i was crazy so when you were sharing your story about how god had shown you a dream i was like yes because my entire life uh, God speaks to me through many different ways. Oh, I mean, the main way is him speaking through the word, mm-hmm. but also he speaks through dreams and visions. And um, I know in the African culture, that is really big. We we believe that God speaks to us in dreams. So coming from that culture where we really believe that God still talks to us in dreams in this day and coming to America where people are like, uh, that doesn't happen anymore. That was kind of confusing. So hearing you saying that, I was like, mm-hmm. yes, I found my tribe. I found yes. my people. Amen. <laughs> yeah. And um, so, yeah. Um, and then when I, I think we, the first time we came for the church in, in your home and we we're talking about, I don't know what led us to talk about prayer. And I was mm-hmm. telling you my passion about praying. And you were like, Mune, you're going to be our prayer leader, mm-hmm. of which I was kind of like, ah, because I don't, I never saw myself as a leader in anything. <laughs> So I was kind of uh, kind of nervous, but then I took that opportunity and you opened that well, every Wednesday, you know, we pray and sometimes fast together and pray uh, every Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And if anyone wants to join us, you can join us for our prayer meetings on uh, Wednesdays mm-hmm. at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Mm-hmm. Um, Central. Central Time. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm supposed to move in Eastern Time. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... And then, you know, you also encouraged us to to find our God-given gifts. And, you know, um, and that has inspired me to now I'm writing a book and also uh, I'm becoming an inspirational, motivational and transformational speaker. And when I shared that with you, I shared that with you on a Saturday and you were like, can you speak tomorrow? <laughs> you didn't even give me any chance to prepare, but I was like, yes. And um, um, he opened his home and uh, gave me the pulpit and I was able to share my story and um, mm. that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and back to to your point, Mane, on prayer, yeah. <clears throat> is that you and I both share, like we say to each other, like prayer is the engine. Yes. It is, it is everything to the church. Um, 
to our own individual lives, prayer is absolutely essential. Um, and so, yeah, we make a we put a, a, a heavy inch emphasis on on prayer in our church. Um, we went through, <clears throat> actually, we're going through here here in an hour. We're going to go through a, a program with Church Intensive, and I do want to introduce them. Uh, and Church Intensive is a a movement that came out of We Are Church, which is from Francis Chan uh, in San Francisco, and I, I I mention this because when it comes to prayer. I saw a video from the church intensive that was put on about a week ago and they shared about how they're not getting much, uh, many, they're not seeing many conversions. They're not seeing much, uh, they're seeing transformation within the church, the people who are members, but when they go out and they're, they're living those missional lifestyles and they're sharing the gospel, they're not seeing many people converted and, um, it's, they're, they're being discouraged. They're becoming discouraged. Um, and so what they've done is they've gone on different conferences around the world and they've spoken to different leaders of different churches and they're saying, what, how's it going where you're at? How's it going in your country? And they're saying, man, people are just coming in droves. There's conversions left and right. They say, how's it going in the States? And these guys say, it's not going at all. Mm. We're not, we're not seeing anything. We're seeing uh, heavy resistance. And so they're asking, well, these guys ask, what what's going on? Why do you think this is happening? Uh, you're seeing so many conversions, so many life changes in, in your country. And they said, well, let me tell you, we take fasting really seriously. We take uh, prayer really seriously. They say, we fast six months out of the year. Mm-hmm. We pray three hours before we go out and do any type of evangelistic work. Mm-hmm. Uh, even when it comes to the word, before they open the word and get into the word, they pray for a good 20, 30 minutes yes. because they realize how dependent they are on God. And when I, when I, when I listened to that video, I was really moved. I said, you know what? I, I don't depend on God. I depend on resources, <laughs> a lot of resources. And so I need to, to put myself in check and make sure that my prayer life is what it needs to be. My dependency on God is what it needs to be before I try to go out and do any type of movement to pastor a church. I need to be on my knees and and really fasting so that the volume of God's voice goes mm-hmm. up. And so, yeah, I just wanted to make note on that with prayer, how how serious prayer is. Yes, and and like I like I, I can say I'm like I say I'm from uh, Zimbabwe, Africa. And I know most people say, oh, miracles only happen in Africa. And the reason miracles do happen is because we do take prayer very seriously. I remember growing up, um, the first of the year, my church that I grew up in, everybody would fast. Even the babies that were being breastfed, the mom would not breastfed the kid from the time they wake up till noon. So the babies were also fasting. Uh, so I've been fasting since I was a baby. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and and um, like I say, anybody that knows me, they know that I my life that's 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 the core of my life, prayer and fasting. And what really attracted me to this movement, to you guys, is when I suggested because the, the beginning of this year I was going to do a twenty day a twenty one day fast. And when I shared that with you guys, all of you were willing to like, okay, we're gonna just fast with you, and that blessed my heart so much. Because after being in this country for 20 years, I've been in so many different churches. I remember I used to go to this mega church in St. Louis. And on a Sunday, there was probably a couple thousand of people. And one time they called for an all night prayer on a Saturday. And I was so excited because, you know, for the 
for the longest time that I've been here, I've never heard a church calling for an all-night prayer. So I was excited because I was like, yes, you know, this is what I live for. And when I got to that prayer prayer meeting, there was about five people. My heart was so broken because I was like, how come people are not praying? They're not seeking God. But then when they call for like a potluck or a Halloween party, everybody and their neighbors, they come. But when it comes to this important uh, thing, uh, prayer is the, like we say, this is the engine of anything that we do as a Christian. Nobody wanted to show up. So I think the reason why prayer is fought by the devil is because he knows he can stop us, mm-hmm. but he cannot stop God from answering mm-hmm. or hearing our prayers. But he knows he can convince us to not pray. So if the church really uh, gets back on their knees and pray mm-hmm. and confess, we also have to confess our sins because sometimes you might pray, but if you don't confess your sin, God is not going to hear those prayers. So for our prayers to be um, victorious... They, ha- they have to come from a righteous heart. And that's why we have to confess our sins before we go into prayer or fasting. Mm-hmm. There's a quote, if I can remember right, from Leonard Ravenhill, where he says, um, people show up to the service on Sunday to see the pastor. Mm-hmm. I know this is a very general statement, but I just remember it, it, it came back to me. People show up on Sunday uh, to see the pastor. People show up on Sunday night for the fellowship. And people show up on Wednesday night for God. And so often Wednesday night, like you just pointed out, the prayer night is the one that has the least amount of people. Mm -hmm. And so Leonard Ravenhill had said, like, who loses? God, you know. And so and that's kind of I I say that not to not to demean or or poke at anything, any any way of doing church or being church. But um, when it comes to uh, church the first thing we should ask ourselves is why am I here? Mm -hmm. What am I here for? And ultimately it should be to love God, to receive unconditional love from God. Um, and then to love and to fellowship with one another. And so with being church, um, what we've really tried to do is strip everything away other than Jesus, you know, strip out, uh, a grand building, strip out lights, strip out entertainment aspects, and just give, just go to the heart of Christ. And uh, so, hopefully, you know, have you experienced that kind of since you've been a member? Yes. Um, <laughs> have you? So again, we're. It's our first podcast, so go yes, easy. Well. <laughs> so my, my question was, have you experienced that where Jesus is at the center of, of our gatherings? Yes, yes. I have experienced that in many ways. And um, I would also like, I want to bring point out this thing. Um, uh, back in November, I had COVID and uh, I almost died. And thankfully, God uh, saved me. And in January... I started having panic attacks, I guess from having that near-death experience. I started having panic attacks, and that caused me to uh, take FMLA from for, from work. And I was not get, the job that I was in, I was not getting paid for that time. And somehow, I don't know how you guys found out, the church found out that I was off work mm-hmm. and I was not getting paid. And then when I came to church that Sunday, you guys generously blessed me to where 
I was in shock because after being here in, uh, in being in so many different churches, at one point I was working five jobs, and the people in the church knew I was working five jobs. And I'm I'm kind of, I'm one of those people that cannot ask for help. I don't know how to ask for help, of which that actually turned out to be a coping mechanism uh, that my therapist thought. Uh, happened when I was a child. Like if I asked for help, something bad would happen or I wouldn't, didn't get what I needed. So I just learned to do things on my own and not ask for help. So when you guys did that, you blessed my heart so much. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is what church is supposed to be. You know, I didn't even ask for help. You guys saw a need and you came in and filled that need. Um, and when I even shared that with my children, they were like, oh my gosh, this is, God is so good. God is a provider. So that really meant so much to me. And again, thank you again for that. Um, so this movement is not just looking, focusing on the spirituality of church, but also meeting the needs of the people in the, in the, in the church. And it's all Christ-centered because Jesus said that we are to be the feet and hands of Jesus on the earth. So you guys really wear the feet of Jesus and the hands of Jesus mm-hmm. by providing that financial gift for me and my boys. Yeah. Um, so, and everything is Christ-centered. Like you did it in the name of Jesus, mm-hmm. you know. So I've experienced that in, in this church. And also the fact that, you know, we honor prayer and we honor fasting and mm-hmm. reading the word. Like we have that app on our church where we uh, read the verses every day, you know. So mm-hmm. God is the center and I've experienced that in this church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, back to kind of your testimony there about meeting the need, you know, meeting yes. the need. When when we had heard, Julie was the one who reached out to us. And when when we had heard that, we're oh. like, absolutely. Oh. Like, and it, and it was, what do you need? What does she need? Right. What does she need? Tell us what she needs and we'll give her exactly what she needs. And oh. And um, so that is the the beauty, really, of of I think of being able to meet in homes is everyone, almost everyone, has a has a home. Um, I was thinking the other day, even even homeless, you could they could have a church service. You know, right. you don't need a home. You right. know, you just need you need the body. You need believers with you. So, um, but uh, anyway, so with with the home. You can meet in homes and you don't have to pay for a building. You don't have to pay for the electricity of the building, all the upkeep. You don't have to pay for a staff necessarily. Um, So you have all this money that people are sacrificially giving to, to this church. And so what are we called to do to make sure that no one has need? And so that's the beauty of having, having that financial means to bless people within the church and people with uh, outside the church. And so I think here, and I'm reminded of the last podcast we did about 45 minutes ago when it didn't go on, <laughs> but we shared a couple testimonies about um, yes. people that that we've been able to help with with financial means, uh, and even more than that, people that we've been able to help with the guidance and the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And so uh, I'll let you, I think you had a... Right. Well, can you share that story about when you helped that family that was uh, trying to get to California? Mm-hmm. So this was about, I want to say a week and a half or two weeks ago, and Lily, my wife and I, we drove into Walmart and we saw this family. There was four kids and a husband and wife, mother and father, and they had a sign and we didn't really read the sign. We just kind of drove by and waved and then went into Walmart, got what we needed, came back out and passed by them again and kind of drove by and waved. But then all of a sudden about 10, 15 feet uh, put on the brakes. I said, no, wait, wait, wait. Mm. 
we're being church. We are the hands and feet of Christ. That they're in need. Let's go ask them what they need. And so I talked with the husband uh, a little bit, and then realized he couldn't speak English. So Lily spoke with him, uh, and we got to know their story a little bit. That. He had lost his job. He was a painter, but he couldn't get any work. They had lost their home, and they were trying to get to California because that's where his brother lived, and his brother had extra room in their house. So I said, well, what exactly do you need? He needed a tank of gas, uh, immediate tank of gas. He needed enough gas to get to California, and he needed a couple hotel stays for his family. And so I said, absolutely. So follow me. So he followed me to Quick Trip, I believe, and we filled up his gas tank and then went to the ATM, gave him $300, which looking back on it, it wasn't enough, but that's uh, kind of what I felt at the time to, to, to give him and made sure, and here's the key point, is that when we did help that family, when that guy and I were sitting at the gas, at the gas station filling up his tank, I made sure that I said, hey, sir, I want to let you know that this is in the name of Jesus that I bless you, mm -hmm. that my family blesses you. And uh, we don't do this on our own account. We are compelled to love you and to provide for you because Jesus provides for us and he loves you and he wants to provide for you. And so he took it really well. He said that everyone in his family is believers. And so what the way I looked at it was, man, this this amazing divine opportunity mm -hmm. that this believer in Jesus who undoubtedly is praying that his family would be provided for, um, God brings another believer and his wife and, and son along that has enough uh, per, to provide enough finances to provide and they just meet and 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 believers helping believers out there right. outside of the church it was it was just a beautiful expression of of love yes and that you know like that's actually fulfills that scripture where jesus was asking um when the disciples was asking where did we see you what's the <laughs> you know when we feed the the hungry or mm -hmm. the orphans, when we go visit people in the in, in, in the jails, we actually being Jesus' feet and hands, mm -hmm. helping his people. So you were being church, you were being, mm -hmm. you know, uh, doing what you were called to do, mm -hmm. you know? And I think that's a beautiful thing um, because sometimes Christianity gets a bad um, naming because, you know, Bad, bad one. <laughs> like, you know, like the bad reputation mm -hmm. because Christians don't act like Christians. Yeah. You know, we are, we are the first one to gossip at work or we were the first one to like uh, backstab people, but we are called to be the light, mm -hmm. right? And to be the salt in this world. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. 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 And, and, uh, and we have the resources. We have the primary resource, which, which is the Holy Spirit. Right. And, and God blesses us with whether it be money or talents or gifts um, to use as the salt and the light to go and bless the world in the name of Christ. And so that was just a moment there that, that like I said, with this kind of, with this model, if you will, of church, we can take our sacrificial giving, the money that we have, and we can apply it to to the church body to make sure the body is taken care of and to apply it to the outside world. We, we don't have to spend so much um, on on overhead, on on salaries, on, on buildings. Um, so that's a blessing for us. I realize that not every church is set up that way, and, and perhaps God doesn't want to be that way. But for us, we see that it's a blessing because we have extra finances to use for, for people. Yes, and also, like, um, I, I love how you have 
encouraged us to find our God-given gifts. Mm-hmm. And like I say, right now, I'm like, I'm, I'm inspired to write a book. I'm becoming an inspirational speaker because you saw that all, you were like, what, um, what, uh, talents do you have and mm-hmm. you came and kind of encouraged us and uh to look in ourselves and see why am i here what's the purpose mm-hmm. uh, so i think uh, the advantage of being uh, being church in the homes like this everybody's seen everybody's heard like if you go to a mega church the pastor doesn't even know you they don't mm-hmm. they don't know what you're going through but here like you know you encourage us to talk to each other every day to see what need do you have either mentally physically financially whatever need is there so that the church would meet will meet that need mm-hmm. so i think that's an, another thing that's beautiful about this um movement yeah so that that um that there is kind of the movement aspect so we have yeah. the church family movement mm-hmm. so the church is is believers coming together mm-hmm. to fellowship centered on christ we're all we're all um resting on the foundation that is jesus yes and and then we're just fellowshipping and, and learning and growing in love for one another and really uniting becoming perfectly one because yes. what's the scripture jesus says uh they will know you are my disciples by the way you love one another yes. right yeah. and so really rallying on uh well, standing on christ uh joining in love and in unity mm-hmm. and then we're family we're essentially family and we're more family than our blood family because a lot of some of our blood family aren't believers right. so we need as the church body um we need to see each other as brothers brothers and sisters and right. be there for one another just like we know family is there for one another so that's a church family and then the movement aspect is kind of what you mentioned Monet. the movement is really kind of what is the where's the entrepreneurial spirit of the members of the body and what i mentioned last podcast uh, <laughs> but um was the holy ambition so and i had mentioned a a a little example would be like if there's a, a young girl, say a five-year-old girl, and she's playing with dolls, and she loves dolls. She loves to brush their hair, loves to take care of them. Everywhere she goes, the dolls go. As she, she, she enjoys that. She likes it. God's given her a passion to take care of babies. As she grows older, and she comes to know God better, and uh, God really has, she notices that God's really given her a heart for not dolls, not baby dolls, but actual babies. Mm-hmm. And so she, she, we need, as a church, we need to encourage her to pursue that passion and that desire to take care of babies and perhaps uh, encourage her and inspire her to open up her own orphanage. Yes. Right. Things, things like that. It's just one example, but that holy ambition, what are you ambitious about? What are you motivated to do? And does it honor God? Is it centered on God? Call that your holy ambition and pursue it. And so that's what we encourage for every member to, to develop and cultivate a personal ministry of their own. Yes. And that, that's why I'm here on this podcast and a, a lot of great things are coming and we'll be sharing with you guys as we go. But and also I want to uh, address the family part of it, you mm-hmm. know. And I think one thing that we have talked about and what I've admired about you, Bobby, is how transparent you have been, mm-hmm. how open you've been. So like sometimes we, we were discussing about mental, uh, mental health mm-hmm. and, you know, you have a passion in that. I have a passion in that. And this is something that, you know, like I know a lot of families struggle with. And especially after COVID, I, I know a lot of people. I actually read an article that was saying suicide has almost like tripled in the past year mm-hmm. and drug overdose has gone skyrocket. Mm-hmm. Um, in the past year because of um, 
all the traumatic events that we all went through in 2020. So I think that is important. Like at, at our church, we talk about this. I think it's important to talk about mental health and, and the church mm-hmm. instead of just uh, hiding under the spirituality, but to really um, bring light to this dark matter um, and address this elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that we talk about that, you know, like we share our struggles with that because I was actually diagnosed with PTSD in uh, back in January after I had um, that incident with COVID. And um, I'm seeing a psychiatrist, I'm seeing a therapist and which is actually helping me. And I think this is a subject too that we need to address in the church. Yeah. And that's the beauty of, like you said at the beginning, of being vulnerable and transparent mm-hmm. in within the body, being family. So the more we allow ourselves to be known, the more we can be cared for in the right way. The more, the better we can be prayed prayed for, because people know how to pray for us. Yes. And so, when it comes to a topic like mental illness, uh, call it mental health difficulty. Um, that's something that is kind of thrown under the rug and people just hide. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's a, kind of a, a wonderful thing that's happened within our church as we've been able to share our experiences with, with mental illness or mental health difficulties. Um, and even there's been ministries that have been formed within the church because of that. We, we have a ministry called Grace Alliance, and there's a mm-hmm. member named Dave and then myself, and we both kind of... Uh, tag team, co-host, if you will, uh, that ministry. Um, so yeah, I think that the more we're known, the more we let the church and the family uh, of Christ that we're with know who we are, Mm -hmm. we can really support and encourage one another to, to dive into those, to those struggles we've had so that we can turn those into ministries or holy ambitions and, um, help other people in in where we, where we've struggled. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's um, yeah. I'm excited about what God is gonna do with th- this podcast. Um, and if there's anybody out there that is struggling with a mental health difficulties, um, we want you to know that you're not alone. And just because you're a Christian, that just because you can fast, read the Bible, quote the scripture, it does not make you immune to life's um, challenges. And so one of that, is, unfortunately, is mental health um, difficulties. And a lot of people, you've heard of, about preachers committing suicide, mm-hmm. you know, church members committing suicide, you know. So we need to address this this subject. And uh, because I think when we, like usually when I pray, I pray against um, um, premature death. I feel like suicide is a premature death mm-hmm. because um, when people take their own lives, I don't think I don't think that they want to die. I mean, based on my own experience, when I would think of those uh, suicide uh, tendencies, it's not because I wanted to die. I just wanted this pain to stop, but I didn't know how to stop the pain. And it felt like, just ending my life felt like it was the way out. But I thank God that, you know, he was there to pick me up and hold me together to where I can come back and share my story. And Bobby can share his stories about uh, how God has helped him through those difficulties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's, um, that is, uh, 
an example of kind of what, what we offer you as, as with our podcast is <clears throat> everything church. So anything that has to do with church from, like I said, the historical Jesus to prayer to uh, communion, uh, anything you think that has to do with the Christian church, uh, we want to talk about it. Family. Anything that, that's going on within the church family, within our own individual families, marriage, uh, divorce, parenting, uh, things of that nature. We want to talk about it. Movement. We want to talk about what we're passionate about, what we're yes. pursuing, which we'll get to in, a, in just a moment. Um, and then uh, what you're passionate about. We want your feedback. We want to encourage you to, to not sit back, not sit idle. Uh, not sit on your hands, get out there. And if you're, you're, you enjoy something and you're passionate about it, you desire to do something, go do it. Do it in the name of Jesus. Make sure you're right with Christ before you head out and do anything in his name. Because as we've talked about as a church, we don't want to increase. We want to decrease so that he increases. Right. We don't want to become prideful. We want to become more and more humble yeah. as we're exalted. And so definitely, uh, that's why I love uh, about this church and about the, the setup of it is that when, it, when these ministries are birthed in the church, the church can hold the ministry and that person accountable. Yes. Whereas we get to know and we see them take off with a personal ministry, we can always say, you know, approach them, be like, hey, I, I notice, you know, you're being a little bit too prideful in, yeah. in what, where you're presenting. We know we need to come back. We need to fall on our face, get on our knees and pray for that humility. And so. Yes. We're not lone rangers. You know, when we go out and do our personal ministry, it's not best to go out and be a lone ranger. It's best to be plugged into, into the church. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So, Pastor Bobby is actually a rapper. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's <laughs> an author and he's yeah. a man of many talents, mm -hmm. I tell you. <laughs> and uh, can you? Give us a yeah, so, um, well, yeah. So when we talk about personal ministries, one that I that I uh, would like to engage in is is rap, and um, because I notice that rap attracts a particular audience mm -hmm. that may not hear the gospel. They may hear the gospel in a rap setting, like through a rap, and it really it really moves them. It really affects them. They really hear it and they understand it. So um, so I'll give a, a little little rap. Monet's gonna beatbox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, God so loved the world that he gave his only son, and whose ever knee shall bow, they shall surely overcome. If you believe in what he said, and you say what you believe, if you confess that Christ is Lord, and you confess that Christ is King, he'll come in with his own heart, and your soul he will redeem. He'll lead you down his path, your guilt and shame he will wipe clean. Call out to him if you're down and out, and if you need that second chance, cause he's faithful to fulfill, and for you he's got great plans. So say, Lord, I need you. I know that I have strayed. I turn from what is evil and I'm longing to obey. God, you've spoken in your word and in your word I do believe. I say Jesus is my Lord. I say, my God, you are my king. Woo! Yay! <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes, that's, that's beautiful, Thanks. Pastor Bobby. That's awesome. Yeah, and so uh, what about you, Mene? What do you got going on recently? I am, like I say, I'm in the middle of writing my book. Uh, I'm hoping that it will be published in the next four to six months. And I'm also uh, an, an aspiring, in, uh, inspirational, transformational, and motivational speaker. And mm -hmm. uh, I'm Amen. excited about this new journey and, and a podcaster. <laughs> Amen. 
Yes. Yeah. And so as we, as you guys uh, hear from us and, and we tell you more about our story and about how our ministries are growing uh, with, with each future podcast, and you hear about other people that we interview <laughs> and hear about their story, what, what, what church they're with, how their church is functioning, yes. um, how their family is doing and, and how they're doing with their personal ministries. I, we hope that you, you find encouragement in this. You find um, really kind of a platform in a way that you can begin to develop your own personal ministry um, and, and ultimately, though, that you can develop a closer relationship with Jesus. Uh, that uh-oh is coming from my son. Yeah, Pastor Micah. Micah. Say hi. Say hi, Pastor Micah. So, so uh, in my old church, I had my pastor. His name was Micah. So when they told me their son was Micah, I was like, oh, my pastor was Pastor Micah. So I call him Pastor Micah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so guys, we'll end there. Um, did you you sang it? Yeah, you sang. Uh, we'll, we'll end with prayer and... Uh, so I'll let Manet finish my prayer. So, Father, we thank you for this wonderful time that we have had. Uh, thank you for being in our presence. And, Father, we thank you for each and every individual that has been listening to this podcast. Will you bless them? Will you protect them? Till we meet again in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. See you next time. See Thanks for joining. Ya. Thank you, everybody.